his role as CEO of Welsh Rugby, Martin Phillips moved into non-exec and chair roles at a number of companies, including KB Associates and Bionic in the ECI family. In this episode of Building Successful Businesses, I discuss with Martin what he thinks makes for a great private equity chair and what that transition to chair feels like for ex-CEOs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not been as big a leap as I might have thought. And the reason I think that is because, you know, as a CEO, you're obviously chairing meetings all day, every day, whether it be your exec board or various sub boards or, or important meetings with stakeholders. So I think the skill set is broadly similar. I, I, I have not found that as big a challenge. The two things for me would be that, I, that I'd pull out. One is really remembering that you're not the CEO. So being very conscious of that in, in the early days, which again, I found that okay because it, I think I've, all, I've always thought about leadership and people and culture. So again, I found that transition okay. And the thing I was going to say was, I think it's an ego thing. If you have a big ego and you like to be front and centre and driving and forceful and be that person, which are a lot of the hallmarks of a CEO, then I think it's quite tough. I would have thought it's quite tough then to be a chairperson where you've got to be more in the shadows, give the wins away, get your satisfaction from seeing other people be successful. So I think the reason I've found it okay is I had to force myself as the CEO to be the front person. I didn't like working a room, if you want to call it that, you know, and being in a dinner and you're the guy that's got to talk and you're on the top table was something I had to work at as a CEO. So I actually enjoy the chair role more because I'm trying to find a way to help largely an exec team and a chief exec really find themselves and and I see that as a as a puzzle to be solved by the chair really. And when you were you mentioned earlier so when you're HR director that frustration of being one step removed does does that not exist anymore as chair because you're at a different stage of your career or is it because actually you still have quite a lot of influence so you don't feel as far removed as you might have done sort of off the board table? First of all I think that's a great question I've never thought about it that that way I think it is a stage in life thing 15 years ago you're trying to prove to yourself that you can you can cut it you know and I think you're climbing that ladder and you want to be better and get on and achieve that I don't necessarily feel that anymore I feel I'm not trying to prove anything to myself or anybody the bit I really enjoy now is to see a CEO really perform and to know that there's little bits, not a lot, maybe 5% I brought to the party that has helped them to achieve more than they could have done without me. But I don't need nor want, actually, any of the credit that goes with that. So I've found myself in that sense. And then I think your point about influence is right, because, you know, even if it's in a very passive way, you, you can have a lot of influence just in terms of, what gets talked about at the board, how you summarise, what gets agreed to do next. So I quite enjoy that sort of third party influence in that sense. And you mentioned that um, ego point and maybe what might make not such a good chair. Um, but what would be your perspective on what makes a really good um, or great uh, private equity chair? 
I'll answer the question, but it almost applies to everything for me is that something I heard years and years ago that, you know, when you're growing up and people, your, your mum or dad says to you, you know, treat, treat others as you would want to be treated. He was my my exact coach, actually. He, he sort of said to me, well, nothing could be further from the truth because you're just going to impose your values and your, you know, what you value on others. So his whole thing was treat others as they want to be treated. You know, I, as you say, I'm chairing two or three companies. The way I chair the companies, the way I try to lead the chief exec, the way I interact with the exec board of those businesses is completely and utterly different. And it's different because I think long and hard about what does this team need at this point? They're clearly going to be pretty different. But then I don't just sort of think, right, that's how I'm now going to lead this board. You know, I'm always thinking about what worked there, what do they need more or less of, asking them, you know, when when we're having good board meetings, what's going on? What are we doing that isn't working for you? And they're quite happy to tell you. So I think it's about being very nuanced, very deliberate and very conscious leadership is how I describe it. There literally is no one size fits all. And it's quite a difficult um, skill, definitely. I mean, that sort of attunement um, with kind of who is the other side of the table or who you're helping, because I think naturally our instinct is almost just to, like you say, treat other people like we'd want to be treated. Um, and then it's sort of a blanket rule for everyone. We've all got quite different personalities. Um, was was that something that you learned? I mean, you mentioned you had an exec chair there from not having been as attuned with other people, or is that something that came quite naturally to you? But without sounding arrogant, I think I'm quite intuitive. So my whole thing would be if, if you've got a corporate restructure or somebody who's a whiz with numbers or somebody who's going to go and find a financial solution to things. I am not your guy. There will be 99 people out of 100 better than me to do that. If you've got a sticky situation, you know, stakeholder management, you know, um, broken relationships at a board or, you know, breakdowns between investors and boards. I love that stuff. And, and, And then, you know, you get in the middle of it. I actually don't think it's that hard. It, like I think we try to we trying to say how do I work out the best way to lead this individual? Well, my going in approach is to ask them, and they'll normally say to you, "Look, you know, if you do this, this, and this, that's going to be great for me." But what switches me off is X and Y. So I can spend a year trying to work it out, or I'll just ask you. I'll lead you the way you want to be led, and nine times out of ten, it works. It's amazing how often we uh, over-engineer solutions when it's actually just asking asking the person. Well, yeah, you, you wouldn't have to sit in too many Friday night pub talks for you know for somebody to say to their partner, "Oh, you know, my boss has done it again." Well, so they know what they want. Just serve it up. It was great to hear from Martin about how he brings the "treat people how they want to be treated" mantra to life as a chair. In our next episode, I discuss with Martin about how business leaders can cope with market ups and downs and still remain focused on growth, as well as his top advice for CEOs just starting out.